that we receive from the Lord is by faith. You may not feel up to it when you're hearing the word of God, but if you receive the word out of a good heart, something will happen to you. God will give you strength from heaven so that this word that he's put in your heart will come to pass in your life and in generations to come. I'm not just talking to you this morning. I'm talking to you, but I'm really looking forward to the generation after you and the generation after that generation because God works that way. Father, I ask that you minister to us this morning and share with us from your word. Holy Spirit of the living God, you are really the Lord of the harvest. Speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. For every child, we need to give, offer to them a foundation on which to grow and be successful in life. Every parent, every mother, every father, heart's desire is to see their kids be successful in life. Not just having money, but be successful in every area of life. We have to lay down the foundation on which they can be successful in life. You have to let them have the moral foundation on which to grow in life and be successful. Values are very important. The Bible tells us this in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way, the way that you want this child to go, the way of life, the way of success in life, the way of peace, all of that. Train that child. Now, when we talk about the word training, Training does not involve just instruction. It goes beyond that. The word training also means a coach. Becoming a coach. There are things in these kids. When God, the Bible tells us that children are heritage from God. And there are gifts in them. Talents that God is placed in them. And you as a parent, God placed you over them as a coach to teach them you first recognize the talents and your gifts, and you as a coach, God is telling you, the trainer, you are supposed to train these children, stay with them, be consistent, watch over them, tell them this, I know you can do this, just like coaches do. That's training. You demonstrate it to them. This is the way to go. That's the way to do it. And when you do that, then he's saying they will stay with it and they will be successful. Now, what I've heard in the past is train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. And what they tell you is, well, you got to give them some time. When, as they're growing in their teenage years, they might uh, live this way, but they'll always come back. But that's not what God is saying at all. That's not what he's saying. He said if you really train them and you bring out those things in them, as they grow, they love this way, and they'll stay with the way. They'll never depart from that way because it's the way of peace. It's the way of joy, and they'll stay with it, and they will be successful based on the word of God. Why would God tell you to train a child if it's to train them 
to be failures in life. He's saying train them because he wants them to be successful in life. And he gave that to you. That's your job. So what must we do to train our children? Now you have to realize this. The first thing is to give them moral values on which to build on. There are personal values. And then we have traditional values. And then there are core values that we have to teach them. Your personal values, they may not have anything to do with whether you go to heaven or hell, but these are your values, the things that you do, that you value. Like going to church every Sunday. That's your value. It doesn't mean if you don't go to church on Sunday, you go to hell. But you want the kids to know that this is important. That's your personal value. Spending some time in prayer. Let, as they see you praying. Spending time in prayer, studying your Bible. These are personal values. As a pastor and in our home, we don't want to use alcohol at all. Amen. That's my personal value. I don't want anybody seeing me with any kind of alcohol. Whether drinking alcohol is going to take you to, to heaven, I mean to hell, I don't have a clue. I can share with you from the scripture that that's not a good way to go. And, you know, I know what people talk about, you know, the Bible says to do everything in moderation. And I'm asking you, who is the moderation cop? Who is the moderation cop? When do you know when you are a little tipsy? And the cop stops you and says, I'm going to give you a ticket because you've crossed the line. How do you know when you've crossed the line? How do you know that what you're doing is not going to go on with your kids seeing you're doing that and then they are susceptible to becoming an alcoholic? Every alcoholic starts with one drink, just one cup, every one of them. And I don't want that for my family. So I have my personal value. And then you can make that your traditional value. This is the thing that we don't do in our home. We don't accept these things. We don't do this. This is the way it should go. Those are values to build on. Traditional values. I heard a, a pastor said from in their family, he's been from generation to generation. No alcohol and the kids all accept it. From one generation to the other generation. These are traditional values in their home and then there are core values that the bible these are biblical values if you go against them it's going to destroy you and your family these are very strong biblical values that we need to go you know live by but what the personal value and the traditional value does is to protect from the the erosion of the core values they, they serve as buffers. And once you begin to look, now this is what they, they said. The first generation will generate values. The second generation will motivate. And the third generation will speculate what's to do. And then the fourth generation will have dissipation. And you know how it is. You would have started well, good values in the United States, but slowly we are dulling these values down to the point now where we even have ministers that are accepted that are gay. How did we come from where we were, lofty, where you couldn't put eyeshadows, remember? 
and the ladies have to have long hair to the place where you can gaze as ministers in the church and they have to vote how from generation to generation if you don't stay with the core values you don't multiply i mean stay strong and be committed to the first the personal values and make it a tradition slowly but surely the kids say it doesn't matter these other families they're doing it what's wrong with it he gets watered down and before you know they have no values and then they're imprisoned destroyed so what are we to do the first thing to do is to make sure you teach them principles principles there are natural when we hear the word principle we are talking about laws that's the same thing principle and laws the same thing teach them natural laws and spiritual laws to live by these are very important the first principle that you want to deliver to your kids must be the principle of wisdom and you know what that is the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom this is god saying that they have to have a healthy fear for God. You have to teach them that. To fear God is important. To fear God. Teach them the principle of the fear of the Lord. It's good to teach them what it means. That's your core principles. The principles of, of the biblical principles that you want them to live by. Principles of love. Mercy. Showing kindness, forgiveness. You want to teach them these principles. You want to teach them principles of, you know, praying. Spending some time to pray. Read your Bible. These things are important. It's not important for you to start teaching them to memorize scriptures. But what you do it, with the life difficulties, things that you encounter in life, the things that are going on in the home, you draw from those things, and as you sit them down, you don't have to make them memorize nothing. Tell them what you truly believe from the Word of God. And show them from the Scriptures these principles. You teach them to give. You teach them to be generous. To share. You also teach them the principle of patience and waiting. I mean, you know how waiting is like. That's not easy. <laughs> but sometimes you have to wait. I mean, this is, that's life. Sometimes, kid, you got to wait. That's the way life is. You have to be patient. These are important. You share these principles with them. Everything will not go the way you want it. But if you trust God, he's in the way. You, so you're teaching them. Not teaching them to memorize scriptures, but you take those things that's happening with them and you teach them biblical principles. They want to know what you believe and what you're living by. So you share those things with them. You tell them, you teach them the principle of sacrifice. Sometimes we need to make sacrifice for the future. Amen. You want to teach them that. The fear of the Lord. You know the Bible tells us in Isaiah 28. It says, precept 
upon precept. Line upon line. So you're teaching them these biblical principles of patience sometimes to be to, to be contented with what, what they have. To be thankful. To be grateful for what they have. These are principles. These are foundational principles that they will live by as they grow up. They know when things are hard, I got to be patient. They know to pray. You've taught them these principles. So you, you have to teach them principles. The second thing to do is to pattern these principles to them. Amen. Pattern them. You see, kids learn more by watching than by instruction. If you give them principles, instruct them in principles, tell them principles, and you are not patterning the principles to them, dad is just talking. Mommy is just talking. You don't mean it. So you have to pattern what values are important to you. Let them see you pray. Don't just talk about prayer. Let them see you pray. Be consistent in your church going. Remember what? If you slack, they know it's not as important. They'll go with you, but everything they see with in your life that's negative, the enemy will amplify in generations to come. Before long, they won't be going to church anymore. But if you take them every Sunday, even when you don't feel like it, you drag yourself because you want to teach them principles. That's the way you pass on your DNA to them. That's your DNA. This is who we are. This, we go to church. You're giving them your DNA in the form of values. And it will go from one generation to another generation. But when they see you not keeping those things that you shared with them, you are inconsistent. They know daddy is just talking. It's not important. The day they have their way out of your home, if you were going to church just two times a week, it'll be once a week for them. And they say, well, what matters? You don't go to church every time. So what's wrong with going to church? And after that generation, it's all over. They don't know God anymore. You know, especially for those who are first generation Christians, you have a lot of responsibility. If your parents were not Christians before, and it starts with you, you have to generate these values. And you have to stay committed with them, to them. And you have to adhere to them and allow your kids to see you that these things are important. If it's important to daddy, if it's important to mommy, it's got to be important to us. And they'll stay with it. It's so important. They need to see you. I was listening to a song. Some of you know Matthew Wood. He was singing about his mother. I went into a room. And I saw, I heard mom singing, praying. He stayed with him. He's a grown man now. He stayed in the faith. In those hippie days, right? <laughs> he stayed with it. And he could share his mother praying and crying. He, he could feel it. 
It's good. Let them see you praying. Let them see you study your Bible. Let them see you fasting. Let them see you standing when difficulties come into your home that you are really looking up to God. You share with them. And as they see the victory come to your life, then they believe. That's it. You have passed on your DNA. They know who to trust when things, difficulties, things come into their life. That's the way to do it. You have to demonstrate to them your generosity and your love for the house of God. You know, when you come to church and people are giving, the kids are watching. They don't say anything to you. And every time the offering basket goes by, you don't give anything they know. You taught them giving and generosity. They know that mommy's just talking. It's not important. All this stuff about tithe, no. Not important. It's not important. You have to pattern. You see, God created you and made you a trainer for them. Amen? And they're watching you. They're looking at you to see what you really believe. If you will really adhere to what you said, you believe. And if you don't believe them, they won't act on those things. They watch you and see how you treat your parents. Amen. You know, many parents are in uh, the nursing home and their kids never go to see them. Sometimes I see it and it's really painful to watch when they tell you, my kids never come to see me. I like to ask them, what did you do to your parents? What did you do to them? Did you go to see them? You've passed on your DNA. Amen. You didn't take care of your parents. You insulted your parents. You acted bad towards your parents in their presence. They saw how you treated your parents. Guess what they're going to do when they grow up? You get what you saw. You passed on your DNA. Don't complain. But if you treat your parents nicely, and you respect your parents, and you love your parents, and you take care of your parents, when they grow up, that's all they know. That's the way mama treated the parents. When you're old, all they know is, I got to take care of mom and dad. And you tell them, why do you have to do that? Other people don't raise this. It's like, I don't understand why they don't do that. See, that's who they are. Because you passed on your DNA. You're kind of real quiet this morning. What's going on? <laughs> are, you, are you getting what I'm talking about? So important. Take care of them. You do your children disservice. It's it just not because I'm, I, I have a very thick skin. <laughs> but when you go back home and you're talking about the minister in the presence of your kids, <sighs> especially when you're talking badly about the pastor in their presence, you can do that with your mate in secret, but don't let them hear it. Because you destroyed everything. You've destroyed everything. You've passed on a terrible thing. And you may later be praying for them to go to church and receive Christ. They won't. And it's because of what's going on. So what are the things that you do? And we say about your brothers and all of that in church. Do you, do you criticize? Have you seen parents who are very critical? And the kids, when they grow up, they become very critical as well. You passed on your DNA. Do you love church? 
You speak about things. So God at home, you are excited. That's the way you pass on your DNA. They know nothing else. You love your work. You don't come back complaining about work all the time. They know from what you say that work is not a good thing. <laughs> Amen. Because you complain about your boss. You complain about this and about that. And, and, and they know. If you don't love your work, why should they love working? These things are very important. They seem like it's nothing, but these kids, they, they learn more by watching than those instructions you're giving to them. So you have to demonstrate the principle of love. Let, pattern, let them see you should do acts of kindness. Go out of your way to help somebody. Go out of your way and they say, Daddy, why are you all doing this? Why are you giving this amount out? He said, these people are hurting. We need to help them. You planted a good gene in them. We need to help when we see people going through. Amen. You stay there doing that for them. You show mercy. You forgive. And let them see you doing these things. But above all, for the man, the greatest gift you can give to your kids is to love your wife. Amen. Pattern that for them. Amen. Show love. I've watched kids, you know, if if daddy and mommy wants to kiss, they go and they're trying to separate them. Please get out of it. They don't want to see them kissing or something. <laughs> they stay between. But guess what? It feels makes them feel good. It gives them security. When they see love between husband and wife in the home, you are passing on your DNA. The hug, the kisses before them, the joking around, playing, and all of those things. It gives them security. You don't know how much kids, you know, in their minds, when they see the fighting and all of that, and the fighting continues to escalate in the home, they're wondering, are we going to be together as a family before long? Mommy, are you going to leave daddy? Huh? You go to sleep, but they, you don't know. You need to talk to some, talk to your children. Some of them don't sleep, and they're hurting. They can talk to you, and so they start acting up, and then you discipline them for acting up, whereas you are really the problem because of what you're doing in the home. They are unsettled, uncertain, uncertain about their future. And now they don't know what's going to become of them. Why am I alive? Why am I in this situation? Maybe they know of a friend who has a good family where they love and they visit and they see them and they're wondering in their head, why is that mom not doing this at home? Are we going to have a family? And then they find another family where they're separated and they're thinking, oh, he's coming to us. That's too much of a burden for a child. That's too much of a burden. So you let them know we're together. We're going to be here for you guys. And it gives them security. You are patterning it to them. You are passing on your DNA. Some of us, you know, we're older. You have kids who are grown. Think back. How you related to the Lord and what's going on with your kids today. How are they with the Lord today? Little things matter. Amen? 
Little things matter. How you pattern these things before your kids. Some things is not worth it. It's not worth it. It may not take you to hell, but you don't want to bring it into the home. Because the kids see that. You may have the ability to, to stay strong and not go beyond, but they don't have that. So you can't have that. Amen? The next thing that you want to do is participation. Participate in the things that interest them. Come to their level. Joke about what they're joking about and stuff like that. Now, I, I can't play some of their video games. <laughs> They're too complex for me. <laughs> but I'm with them. And sometimes I say, stop playing that video game. You know? But some, you know your kids. God gave them to you. Amen? He gave them to you. And you can tell when things are not going well with them. They're a little sad. Don't overlook it. What's going on? Your countenance changed. What's happening to you? It, must, it may be a, a, some struggle that they're going through. It may be a little problem here, but they've never been in this place before. And it's bugging them. And they don't know who to go to. They're embarrassed to come to you. But you can pull it out of them by being persistent and asking questions. And as they tell you what's bugging them, then participate, relate, tell them what you used to look like, be, you know, like in your past, how you acted in your time. You human, you went through the same teenage years, right? And you were as crazy as you, know, and so you tell them about what you used to be like. So that tells them there is hope, <laughs> and settles them. They're happy. I know my kids love to, to hear stories about my wild days. And especially from their mothers. <laughs> they love to hear stories about Angela's wild days. If Angela would permit me, I, I should go back to my home tonight, today. <laughs> but uh, she was nicknamed Pepper. Pepper. And Grace and the other ones, they, they just... When grandma comes around, they sit, just tell us about our wild mama, you know. Tell us. And they enjoy the stories about our mama was a fighter. And so when they are fighting in the home, and Angela said, you can't be fighting. He said, well, but you fought your brother. <laughs> we have hope because mama did it. You know, when your kids look at you and they see this strong person, right? And you don't tell them all the things that you're afraid of and the things that are bugging you. All they see is strong daddy. He knows what he's doing. I mean, you've seen kids, you know, they go out and pick up, pick on a big guy. And the guy say, hey, you. And they run to their, their father, who is a wimpy guy. And they say, come on. My daddy's going to take you on. And you're thinking, oh, boy, why did you go this way? But they feel that you're strong. And you can handle anything. But when they are hurting and they're having problems, just telling them, oh, I used to have that problem. You do? You had them? Yeah. And you tell them what happened. And then you tell them, you see, that was when I didn't know God. But the difference between you and I now, you know God. 
Amen. And God will help you. Everybody goes through this. Wow. And mama, tell me more. <laughs> they want to know more. Daddy, tell me more. So you, you participate in what they're going through. You share with them what they're going through. Amen. That's how we do it. Your pattern is. And in so doing, what you're doing is actually passing on your DNA. Amen. Can I go more? Uh, my time is up. Where can I move on? You guys are not as enthusiastic. No? <laughs> All right. I'll do it anyway. <laughs> but I'll be brief. I have a lot that I want to share with you. Amen. You know, you need to be persistent with your kids. Persistence, it means to be determined, to be, to be able to persevere, and to be resolute in what you're doing. In everything that you're doing. They're watching to see how you handle those situations. Amen? They're watching. And if you handle those situations right, they get it. And it stays with them. We're talking about how to raise kids to become great in life. Laying the foundation for their success. So you pattern discipline in your life. Let them see you when you're going through difficulties. How you're trusting God. How God is going to stay, is going to deliver you. They know what's going on. They don't know the outcome, but you, they know that you are trusting God. And you're determined. You're persistent. You stay with it until God brings the deliverance. When God gives, the, gives you the deliverance and they see it, they don't forget it. They stays in them. So we need to be persistent with our kids. We need to demonstrate, you know, discipline in, in everything that we're doing so that the kids can see that. And as you demonstrate that, then you can discipline the kids. I have said this here before. When God gave you your children, he didn't give you friends. He gave you your kids. Some parents are insistent. They want to be their kids' friends. You don't want to go there. Because that's not what God gave to you. God gave you children. Be a father and a mother to your children. Don't be their friend. There's coming a time when they're married, they're out of your, your home, they have their own family, then they can be your friend. But while they are under your roof, they are your children, treat them as children, not friends. Give them some discipline. Be persistent, be determined, stay with it, be resolute so that they will turn out right. Discipline the kids. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 15 says, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. The rod of correction. We should correct our kids. Stay with it. Don't quit. Stay with that correction. I'm going to read another scripture. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24, 
His foolishness, well, sorry, 13 verse 24, yeah. He who spares his rod hates his son. If you don't use the rod, you hate your son. We're not talking about abusing the kid. We are saying correcting the kid. He who spares the rod hates his son. But he who loves his, who loves him, disciplines him promptly. The word promptly there means early. You need to start early. Don't wait until they are about the same height as yourself to discipline them. If you love your kid, you will discipline them early. If you hate them, you spare the rod. I can't, you know, I, these days all I do is talk to Omar. I have looked at his muscles. <laughs> And I know no spanking is going to work. If he decides you are not spanking me, he probably take the rod from my hand and say, Daddy, let's go to some other thing. So we start early. And you stay consistent. You persevere until they get it. Amen. You know, Angela came back from, uh, from fixing her hair yesterday and said this woman, she said I had a real terrible kid. You know, they'll always call me back to the, to the school and because he's done something wrong. And he said, when I get there, I just take him by the collar. You know, him, and I can take him home, let him have a few of that stuff, and then bring him back. And so the next time when they call her and she shows up, he, he does this. Because he knows the mom was going to come to his, he's coming after his callers. And she said she did it. She said, if you wait until they are, once they are past seven years, no hope. He said, well, with God there is hope. But you stay with it. Discipline them. I remember when uh, Omar was young. He, Omar is, everybody tells me how good, great Omar is now. The boy is, he's blushing. You just can't see it now. I'm telling you, you just can't see it. He's very uncomfortable. <clears throat> yes. Yes. Is it okay? Can I go on a little bit? And, uh, you know, Omar, Omar, when he was young, I was a Sunday school teacher in my church. He decides, I'm going to sit on daddy's laps, and that's, that's the way I, I taught Sunday school with him on my lap. Every Sunday, when we look back and somebody, stranger is coming towards us, we know, oh, yeah, he's acted again. They're going to call us, and we'll go and get him. And bring him to the sanctuary with us. Every Sunday was a problem. And in school, I, I worked at the medical center. You know, with Baylor College of Medicine. Omar was in, in, in uh, what is Millsap Elementary. They'll call me from the medical center and say, please come and get your kid. And they, they'll, put, they'll, give me, they'll say, sir, 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 uh, please just listen to what... We're going through, and we've been going through this all day. Listen, please. And, and the lady says, and the lady says, sir, sir, this is what we've been going through all day. It's about 10 o'clock. This started in the morning. So I'll get in my car, tell them I'll be back, and I'll drive all the way from the medical center to Millsap and Hofmeister, pick the kid up and go back to work 
he stayed with me while I was doing my lab work, everything, all day. And we'll say, God, we asked for a good son. What have you done to us? Oh, Lord. But sometimes you have to show to the kids that you are crazier than them. So one day I told him, is, is either they bury me or they're going to bury you. Somebody is going to, he, he said, you stay in the house and I'm out. And if I leave, you can stay today. We're going to finish this business. It's over. Angela says, please, no. No. We're going to handle this matter today. If they call me again. Ah! If they, they call me and I have to drive down, oh. And when he's done something a little wrong, the teachers will say, we're going to call your daddy. And woman's shaking. Woman's shaking because daddy's coming. And they understood. And they thought the daddy must be really abusing the kid. So one day I came in and I sat down with the lady and she says, we have noticed every time we tell Omar that we're going to call daddy, he starts crying and he shakes. And the lady says, let me show you how to discipline your kids. And she said, bring out your hand a little bit. And I did, and she did. I said to her, lady, I think you are smarter than God. God says to beat them. <laughs> she said, I need some smarter than God. I said, well, you can give me all your stuff, but I would rather believe what God says than you, what you're saying. I'm not doing the kid like this. I'll let him have it. And if I have to go to jail, I'm going to jail. Amen. But he changed. He changed. Now in our family... He's the reference point. When Omar says to his uncle, Lord, this your child is horrible. Omar, you cannot speak. They say, we know your track record. And they tell him, if you can change, she can change as well. Whatever happened to you can happen now. Toju came along really mild. And you know, you can't set the same standard for every kid. They're different. I, don't, I never treated Gracie the way I treated Omar. Well, we're going to die together with Omar. But I told you, he was different. He was really nice. But one day, he decided he was going to show me. This was Angela's graduation. And we were coming from, this was downtown, the medical center. He wanted his babysitter. For my babysitter. He wanted to sleep, go to our home and stay with her. I said, no, you're coming home with me. So he decided he was going to cry all the way. I never spanked that kid. So he was crying, and I didn't like that kind of crying. So what I do is I I I increase the volume uh, of, of the radio. And he says, is that what you want to do? I can do better than that. He says, he goes, wow, over that. And then I will increase the volume again. He says, that's okay. I can beat that too. He goes way above it. And so we fought this fight all the way back home. He won't quit. From the medical center all the way to my house, he was still screaming. 
So I said, I'm going to put an end to this. Because it's a test of will. Amen. So I said, uh, you want to cry? I'm going to make you cry. <laughs> you will cry. You will cry. You are not going to stop. Till tomorrow I'll stay with you. You're going to cry. So I put him in a room. And I let him cry. You know how. <laughs> I let him cry. And then I'll leave him and go downstairs. And when, I see, hear this, like, hear, and, and when I'm not hearing him crying, I figure he's slowing down when he's, with his crying. I go back up and I make him cry again. And then I go back down. And if I hear him, that he's not crying anymore, I go back up and make him cry again. So finally I came down and the whimper stopped. I was facing one direction. I heard somebody touching me from behind and saying, Daddy, Daddy, I said, well, what's the matter? He says, uh, Daddy, I have decided I'm not going to cry anymore. <laughs> I'm not crying anymore. It's okay. We can stop now. <laughs> but I believe that these kids are turning out well. I've seen that. They don't feel like they've been abused. They love me, and I love them, but I would refuse to spare the rod because I love my kids. You start early. If you're crazy, I'm going to show you I'm crazier than you are. That's what you, sometimes you have to show them that. Pleading with them is sometimes it's not going to work. When they tell me they're going to call CPS, I said, go ahead. I'm going to call them right now. They're, they're taking you. Then they plead, please, daddy, don't. Let them take you. You're going to be living with a family where they have roaches. No, I'm you may not have a bed to sleep, but you, go ahead. Call them. I'm not sure if I can finish everything I have to say. But give your children healthy expectation. You know, if they won't achieve anything if there are no expectations. In our home, think about what's going on in, in all over the United States. If you go to areas where children and parents, grandpa, uncles, brothers, no one is being in college, guess what they expect? No one's going to college. He's not discussed. But if you have families where there are doctors, lawyers, and all of that, as the kids are growing, you don't have to tell them anything. They just know they're going to go to college. Because that's what's happening in the home. But if you happen to come from a family where they, they, no one has been in college, you can change that. Amen? You start planting the seed. Give them healthy expectations. Don't have the same expectation for all of your kids. But have healthy expectations for them. They will, children will always rise to meet their parents' expectation. Amen? Praise your kids. Praise your kids. The number one need of teenagers is affection. And praise will do that. As you praise them, and most of the things they do, even meeting your expectation, is because they want that praise. Amen? And it's not unusual. You can make God do a lot of things for you if you praise him, right? 
right? If you praise God, that's God Almighty, right? God says to praise Him. And when you praise God, He does wonders. And we are made in His image. When you praise your kids, you make them feel secure. You make them feel like they can actually do these things. Many times we focus on the negatives. Every time that they make mistakes, we're talking about it for the next two days. But when they do right things, we say nothing about it. Spend a lot of time praising your kids, bragging on them, telling them they're going to be great. In my home today, some, I, tell them, uh, I tell them, you're going to be a, a real, very successful in life. They say, uh-huh. They have accepted it. That's all I hear. I say, you guys are going to be very wealthy. You're going to be doing well. You're going to serve God. You won't be in trouble. And their reply is, uh-huh. That's right. Because you stay with it. Amen? You've passed on the DNA. I don't know what they're going to be, but when I see a letter from Harvard saying, we want your kid, I know something is going on. It's not because we are very smart and we're doing a lot to them, but we have been careful, praising them, bragging on them. Sharon, I wish you can take the kids out so they don't hear this. <laughs> That's what we're doing. But this is the way God has made it. Look, let me share this scripture with you. Colossians 3 verse 21. Fathers, do not nag your children. If you are too hard, this is New Century Version. If you are too hard to please, they may want to stop trying. Give them healthy expectations. And when they do it, praise them. Amen? Pray for your children. I have a lot to say, but pray for your children. Let them know you're praying for them. Amen? Pray for them. Pray for their future. Talk to them about it. Stand up this morning. You see, everything that you do starts with a commitment to God. If you've made mistakes in the past and you've not done some of the things that I've you know, shared with you this morning, it's still not hopeless. What I do is I tell God I'm sorry because I was ignorant. I didn't know these things. And God, who is so merciful, will take up for me and make up for that deficiency in my life. Amen? So that things can be reversed. But it starts with you and your generation. Don't do things in the presence of your kids that you don't want them to do. And they see you doing it. It's going to be very difficult for them. So God does forgive. And we can start today. Every day with God is a new day. Amen. And you can start today with God as a new day. And let God minister to your family and to your children. And reverse everything that the devil has done to your children. Is it possible? Yes. The Bible says all things are possible with our God. So I'd like you to make a commitment to God this morning. Everyone that wants to enter into a covenant with God. To make a commitment that God, I'm going to give my life to you so that you can help me. You are the daddy of all. You know everything. If you are that person, would you just raise your hand up to the Lord this morning? Raise your hands up to the Lord, please.
Raise your hands up to the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If it's important to you, you will do that. How many need God's help to raise your kids? Let me see you. You still do. Put your hands up. Let's just lift our hands up to the Lord, to Him this day. Sometimes from what I'm finding today, as a father, as a mother, you're never through with raising the kids. Even when they're out of your home, you're still raising them. You're still speaking into their lives. Don't be afraid to disagree with them. Give them the truth. Amen? Lift your hands up to our God this morning and make a commitment. Say with me, Lord God, I love you and I love your word. I want to do everything to please you. I want you, God, to come into my life to share your son with me so that I can truly live. God, help me to raise my children to be great in life. I believe you. You are a faithful God. I bless your name, God. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. God bless you.